Imagine, you're 16 years old, and you're going about your day like nothing. Just a regular old day in a teenager's life. Then your mom comes up to you and says, Get ready, we have an appointment at the embassy. You turn to her and say, Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Why do I have to go? She kindly looks at you and says, Well, I didn't bring you here quite legally. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> that happened to my friend Arlette. And this is her story. Okay, so let's just kind of start off. I don't know if, like, you remember much of your childhood when you were in Peru. Kind of just start off then and just, like, a quick summary of what your life was like and then what, like, what you think, in your view, led for you and your mom to come here in the United States. Okay. Well, I mean, I was born and raised there until I was six years old. Um, from what I do remember, it's that uh, that my mom and I lived with my maternal grandparents. And so we were always surrounded by family, right? Um, and for for a toddler, it was it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was great. You know, I had at my grand, I was close to my grandma and my grandpa. Um, in particular, but, um, yeah. And so the reason why my mom decided to move over here from what she told me, it was because she divorced my dad. So she was a single mom and her parents weren't too happy with that decision that she was, that she wasn't with my dad anymore. So she wanted to have a sort of a fresh start. Um, and we had an aunt that was already here in the U S so she talked to her and was convinced, okay, maybe I need to go to the U S and I'll have some more opportunities there and I won't be judged for, you know, being a single parent. Um, so she went there for a little under a year <clears throat> Um, uh, she left me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she went without you. Yeah. She went without me. Um, so I was just kind of, and in that time I was sort of bouncing around from relative to relative. Um, and then she came and got me. What do you remember from that experience? I don't remember her telling me necessarily. It's just, um, in my memories, it's sort of, you know, she's there and then she's not. And I remember the bouncing around part because I think that was, um, you know, I mean, like I said, I was pretty close with all my family. I mean, we had family parties at my grandparents' house all the time. So I knew, you know, the, <clears throat> the relatives I was going with. I just, you know, didn't know their home life. And, and that was different for me because everybody had different rules and different structure. And I think that was, you know, that was definitely tough. Because I, again, it's, it's sort of implanted in my memory or imprinted in my memory. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I was really happy to have her home when she did come back. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't necessarily enjoy having her gone. Right. I think I had a hard time. And that's what she said, too, that when she came back and you know, saw me for the first time that she, she barely recognized me because it wasn't, you know, this is like, this is not the little girl I, <laughs> I raised. I looked different. You know, I maybe acted a little differently. So what do you remember from when your mom had told you 
okay, you're coming with me to the U.S.? Um, you know, I just remember us having, um, I I thought it would be fun to be, to go on a plane. So I remember like packing a lunchbox, like my lunch pail full of like crayons and stuff. And I was excited for the trip. Um, I had no idea though, how nervous she was because apparently, you know, I didn't have documentation to go and travel. Um, uh, you know, I didn't have permission necessarily to go to the U S so, so she was really nervous about that. And I didn't know that till later. Um, she was super scared. That's interesting. Cause now, and we'll touch, um, I just want to understand a little bit more. Cause like now, you know, to get into the U S you need all these paperwork and all this custom stuff. So as, and I don't know if you even remember, but what did you guys do? Like, how did you get here? Like, did you fly into Mexico? Was there like a little, like, like how did that happen without documentation when you're so small? And it's like, obvious. I'm a single mom with a kid. Yeah. How do you, how did, how did that happen? I think we flew straight here, but she had maybe false documentation for me. Is, yeah. That's what Ooh. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's why she was yeah really nervous so you were excited obviously you, you yeah know, i was excited you were just like i'm going to the u.s yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah. go on this plane ride yeah. and finally i see my mom let's do it and then before <laughs> we even can because like i've known you for so many years mm-hmm. i i just know this about you like i knew you came and you were saying that was it and so like um when i decided to do this podcast i was like wait your sister posted something on instagram Mm-hmm. saying um oh that her mom had been here illegally and I was like wait I'm like really good friends with Arlette why haven't I asked her <laughs> so I was like even when I texted you it was like hey yeah. <laughs> I, know, um, right? I don't know anything about this and it's like you're such a big part of my life like why don't I know this and like same thing with people in my family so that's why I'm doing this and getting these stories out there because I feel with this wall I need to let these stories out yeah and that it's more than just what is it malo hombres coming bad hombres coming oh, the bad hombres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay I, I hear you well and, and you know i appreciate you asking me thank you because um you know it, it's 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 not something that i think about every day yeah no. you know or even you know when i hear about the wall obviously it's it's upsetting it's absurd but yeah. um you know, having to, to dig through my memories, my experiences, you know, um, is it, you know, it, it's, it, it's good for, for me to, yeah. to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so when you were excited, let's go back to the journey. So you were excited, you were coming back <clears throat> or you were mm-hmm. coming here, not back. This was your first time. Mm-hmm. When you arrived at like that first, like when you were landing, like what was all those emotions? What was going through your head, through your emotions, everything? Like maybe like the first like few days or weeks or even months. I don't know. Like, like what was going through your mind and your and your heart at that time? Well, um, so when we got to the airport, I just I, I thought it was so amazing. It was LAX and it was just this huge place and it was so like nice in, in my memory, um, compared to the, the one in Peru, you know? So, um, it was, it was different. It almost felt like a shiny new place I was in. And I, you know, I didn't understand what anybody was saying, but I I remember feeling happy and relief when we met up with my aunts. 
um, shortly after arriving. And, you know, I thought, okay, fine, somebody I know. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was just a very confusing and exciting experience. Like I said, coming into this new and shiny place shiny area, yeah, it looked, it just, I mean, it looked nice and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So when you say confusing, what was like the confusion going on through your mind? Oh, I think it was more of, I, like, I, I didn't necessarily know or understand why we were there. Like, where are my grandparents? Why, why are we leaving? Why, um, you know, why here? I, I, and I don't understand anybody. And here's my aunt, and she's, she has these friends that I don't know who, what they're talking about because I don't speak English. <laughs> so it, it was just all very, and where are we going to live? Where's my house? You know, where um, are we staying with my aunt? Okay, but, you know, that's not my home. So that, those were all very confusing feelings. I bet, I bet. And you're six, so it was very, it's even more confusing for a six year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel, yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> I have your first thoughts. So, once you kind of are settled in, how long did it take you before you started going to school? Like, when did, do you remember like the time frame this happened or? I, I don't remember. I think it was, it wasn't too long after. It was pretty, uh, pretty soon. It must have been within the week or so that I started going to school. Um, and my experience there was, it was not a good one. It was, it was pretty rough starting school. Um, again, I didn't understand anybody. Uh, the kids looked different than I did. They treated me differently. Um, that's when I, in schools, when I really became aware of, of, my this color the color of my skin right I, I i don't know i felt like there was this shame associated with it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when you said the kids treat you treated you differently like what did they exactly do or how did that what was it what was the feeling you were getting from them um that they oh, maybe didn't understand me or they were making fun of me um so one particular um memory that I have is that uh you know I was in the I was in the line to play handball you know I was just hey this is what the kids do okay I'm gonna stand in line I'm gonna play this game and um someone said something to me in line because I guess I didn't move forward enough and I, I didn't respond or I didn't know how to respond to them so they just moved in front of me and they said something you know with I didn't know what they said but I can see it in their face that it was sort of like they were annoyed so <clears throat> that was one you know memory yeah. that I yeah. it's interesting because you don't you remember you know you don't re- understanding their language but you understand in their body and language and, mm-hmm. and and you felt that that energy coming off from them absolutely yeah, I bet that was hard. <laughs> I mean, my experience, it wasn't the same as yours, but I was switched schools to a mm-hmm. more um, Caucasian, white predominant school, mm-hmm. upper middle class mm-hmm. in second grade. No, third grade, I moved. And um, 
I was going to the school across the street from my apartment complex, which was mm-hmm. kids of lower, <clears throat> lower middle class, a lot of Latinos and a lot of, you know, even, and even if they weren't Latinos, they were, they understood me because of our class or like where we were in the income bracket. Mm-hmm. And it, that was still traumatizing <clears throat> to me too, but it wasn't, it, I don't think, I at least understood the language, so it wasn't as <laughs> harsh. It was just different, and I know that feeling. Like, wow, these eyes looking at me. Yeah. And even though we lived in, like, the heart of L.A., where most of the kids and the people there were Latinos, I was bused because I guess there wasn't enough room. So I was bused to La Crescenta, yeah, where it's all upper-middle uh, white, you know, um, America. So, it, yeah, I definitely felt very different. Yeah, like in high school or middle school or anything. Any, any? Do you did you notice any racial bias or anything like that, or was it just mainly when you first got here? Um, it was mainly in elementary school and middle school too, because middle school I went to, um, again to I went um, I went to a school in Burbank, so it was upper middle class um there were there were definitely latinos there too but um for some reason just that distinction of not being white or not being fair-skinned and you know it it was always something that stuck with me and you know was it it affected me negatively in that sense like i didn't I, 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 at that point i wasn't able to appreciate my skin color you know i i didn't like it you know, I didn't really assimilate well in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You are beautiful. Not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how did, I mean, because now you're very confident, mm-hmm. you're successful, you're happy. Like, how did mm-hmm. you overcome all that? Like, what, what do you think led you to overcome all that and not let it get you? Because when I met you, you didn't have any hate in your heart. You've always been mm-hmm. this, like, very loving person and seeing the world in a very positive way. So, mm-hmm. What do you think, like, made you stay so grounded, stay so loving, and still seeing the good in people and in life, even mm-hmm. though you had these adversities against you? I think it was um, not only my mom and my sister. I mean, just, you know, our, our life and our relationship together was amazing and, and so filled with love. Like, we had such a, a close bond. Um, uh, you know, that y- you sort of forget all that other stuff, you know, when you're in the house. But then also my friends and especially in college, you know, meeting you guys, I think was, I, I, I know that to me was, um, I mean, it was just core shaking, you know, it, it I, because you guys loved me for, for who I was like, and you didn't expect anything from me. You didn't judge me (laughs) you laughed a lot with me so um I think that was all you know that all helped me be the person I am today and yeah Yeah. and I realized okay you know I don't have to be this way or that way or look this way or act this way you guys were just there for it all good and bad good and bad good Mm -hmm. and bad Mm -hmm. um so I wanted I wanted to ask you about the legalization process (laughs) Because you, you mentioned that you came here with probably fake papers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, 
more more things got official. I know I kind of remember when you became a citizen, but like that process of legalization, how it how it came about to you and how your journey through that. Well, I mean, it took a long time, I felt like, because we started, or I should say my mom started <clears throat> the process when I was in high school. So I must have been 16, I think, when I got my permanent residency. So um, she started maybe early high school, you know, filing for all that stuff. And that was because I think we had, at that time, my mom was uh, remarried. And so my stepdad was supportive and, and helpful with that and, and um, you know, helped my mom become a citizen. And so then she was able to advocate for me and help me. And, you know, again, with the support of my stepdad, that was possible. <clears throat> and I, I do remember, you know, going to um, – I wasn't a kid that was very aware of whatever, you know, of, of the whole process. <laughs> but my mom, you know, she would just tell me, hey, we have this appointment in, in you know, in Wilshire <laughs> to go to the Peruvian embassy because you got to go do A, B, and C. And okay, you know, I would just go and do it, um, not wanting to do it. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't wise enough then to really ask questions or like, well, why? Why is this? Why is that? I just, okay. I did what I was told. Did you ever get the sense that you were here illegally for, it sounds like almost 10 years. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know it at the time until about maybe high schools when I realized, you know, when my mom started this process and I thought, well, oh, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, oh, I guess I don't. Yeah. I'm breaking oh, I, I the law. Security? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's when I realized. Okay. Yeah. When you realized it, well, how did that make you feel? Or you were just kind of. Uh, yeah, I think I was just, um, I didn't know what to do with it. And I, I, I think, I, you know, looking back, I wish I would have asked more questions or, um, you know, but as a teenager, you're just so self-involved that, you know, okay. The most embarrassing thing for me was like, oh my gosh, I don't want my friends to find out. I don't have uh, a social security or that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get all this paperwork done. Um, so when I did go through that process, I remember not telling my friends any of that, right? I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't tell them. What were you scared of? What were you afraid? I think it came back to that feeling that I had when in elementary school of, of not being accepted or I am an outsider and, you know, I'm illegal or, you know, is, is what um, people would say. So, okay, I don't belong here. I, you know, I, don't, I just didn't want to be left out or pushed out or judged. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And now, finally, the process of becoming a citizen, because you're a citizen now, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, we had this conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah. how, was, how was that process? I mean, that happened when you were an adult. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, again, luckily, my mom helped me through it, even as an adult. You know, she would still remind me of... Um, of uh, things that she recommended me to do, or this is what she did. And, um, 
it took 10 years. You know, you have to be a resident for 10 years um, before you become a citizen. So um, I became a citizen at around 26, 27, something like that. Um, and I, I just remember sort of those final steps of uh, a taking the test and, you know, going to the LA convention center and, you know, sort of do the swearing of becoming a citizen and that whole process. And that was very, um, that, I I don't know how to put it, but it was sort of humbling and, um, yeah, I, I, I think it made me realize how lucky I was to be able to have, uh, to have the opportunity to, to be a citizen. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so, specific. yeah. So I, I don't remember the process specifically, but, um, you know, I just remember sort of going through the steps and there were a lot of steps. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> a lot of steps. And I even remember taking the test and I was really nervous because you have to do sort of this oral exam and, um, and, uh, yeah, and I don't know why I was so nervous. I mean, I took history all through <laughs> U.S. history throughout high school and college. But, uh, you know, I still felt like, oh, my God, if I don't pass this, I'm not going to be a citizen. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to belong here. And I think that was the, the most important thing for me is, like, belonging here. This is my home now. Like, I cannot get kicked out, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. No one can do that now. Yeah, no, not, not anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. I'm, yes, yes. But that, at that time, it was already 16 years. You, you grew up here. I mean, mm-hmm. 16 years, your whole life was here. So for, if you would go back to Peru, you'd be like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, there's there's no way I, I would have been able to survive. I mean, I would have survived, uh, you know, obviously like we all tend to, survive certain situations but I wouldn't have been happy you know I I grew up with with um a a lot of the opportunities here the uh the way not just the way we see women and um others that are different but we we value education and, and hard work and that's not something and I could see the difference in Peru and the way my cousins had it out there that were the same age as me, you know, them having to go to college for, I don't know, like eight years because their colleges were constantly closing down because of strikes or, you know, things like that. So it took a long, or there were too many kids, whatever the case might've been, it was just, it it was different. You know, a lot of them, especially the female uh, cousins, like they didn't drive or they couldn't drive. And, you know, here I was driving by 17 and I had my own car. So I definitely saw those, those differences. That, that kind of makes sense to what you were saying earlier about how um, your grandparents um, were upset with your mom about being a single mom mm-hmm. because of that independent female aspect. Cause your mom is very independent. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of Latin cultures, don't <laughs> don't really um what is it aren't there yet with the, the, yeah. the independent female the power that we have as females and all that so yeah they don't always 
yeah, they don't always value, they don't appreciate. And I mean, that, that can, that's, you know, still the case here in some instances, but we have a lot more opportunity. I think we have a more of a voice in the U S than we would in other countries. Yeah, totally. So out of all this, what are the like top three things that you are, I think you mentioned one, but sum it all up, like you're grateful for, for having this experience. Hmm. Um, well, I am thankful to the people that were in my life while, um, you know, not just going through the process, but even like I said, in college, that was the most, that was the most, um, opening and, and most fulfilling experience because meeting people that, that truly accepted me for me and learning to live in my skin, learning to love my skin. Right. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, having my mom who didn't always, you know, she struggled, but she didn't put that burden on me because I think I would have been a little more worried or concerned or, you know, um, if she did tell me, you know, oh my God, this is what's going to happen. Or, you know, watch out for this, that, and the other, because I, I think that would have created a, a fear that luckily I was, or, you know, at least I think luckily I was blind to, um, until high school. Anyway, <laughs> when I we started going through the process, right? Like, oh wait, what? <laughs> you were blind to until you had to know about it. I, I had to know about it. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you're legal. So you got to go through this process. Well, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think the third thing, what would the third thing be? Um, You know, that's a tough one. I'm not sure other than my wonderful friends and my family. I think just I'm, I'm grateful that I, I, I had to go through the experience of, of coming here, of, you know, my mom leaving, leaving me behind for 10 months so that she can find out of what, whether it was worth it or not to bring me, um, or to stay here. Um, and, um, yeah, just coming and, and, and realizing this, okay, this is not the home you're used to, but you know, just, it's okay. It's okay. You have your mom. That was the most important thing for me at that time. Arlette's story is very similar to a lot of people living in America today. Their parents left their home country to give them a better life here in America. Unfortunately, they did not get the correct documentation to be here legally. Some of these kids don't even know that they're illegal immigrants until later on in life, like Arlette did. She didn't know she was illegal until high school. The word immigrant has such a negative feeling and meaning behind it especially illegal immigrant. Whether it's coming from someone in politics or even just within our own communities, it's negative with this podcast and with this episode. I hope to shine a light on people that are going through these situations. This is the first of many episodes and I hope you come back and enjoy more. 
please remember to subscribe, tell a friend, and if you have a story you want to share, please send us an email to sharemystory at myimmigrantlife.com. That's sharemystory, all one word, at myimmigrantlife.com.